you love to talk about your dog almost too much? Us too, which is why we created a space where we celebrate it. This is for those who love the four-legged friends they rescued because they got rescued right back. Each week, we bring on a dog mom or a dad to talk about their rescue dogs and how they changed their lives. This is Rescue Dog Moms, a parenting podcast. I'm Yamini, and this is Boss. Hello, dog moms and dog dads. Happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is not something I've always celebrated, but as the years have gone on, I've just really made it a day to celebrate family, friends, and just love all around. And the love for our dogs is incomparable. So for today's special episode, I got together, as in, you know, hung out with Dan, my live-in partner, my boyfriend of six years, fellow dog co-parent, the dad of Boston Queenie. He is actually in Mexico right now, so I am missing him and the dogs are definitely missing him. So it's nice to share our chat with you. Um, We mostly talk about Queenie since uh, we haven't shared a lot of information on her in the podcast. You'll get to learn all about her. And then the second half of the podcast is honestly what I call Rescue Dog Moms Therapy. We talk about Dan's family background and uh, his family dogs and how they affected how he raises boss today. And then we have a pretty frank discussion about how our dogs affect our romantic relationships, our dating lives, and just co-parenting. It's definitely an intimate discussion. You'll get to know a lot about myself and Dan and our dynamics, so I hope you enjoy. If you guys are looking for the updated website, it is not up, but you can still go visit it. If you guys can give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, it really helps spread the message. Thanks so much and happy Valentine's Day. It's a disaster zone. Already, he's barking and oh no, something terrible is happening in this household. Today, we have a very special guest, a return guest. (gasps) Someone who is a big part of the podcast in many ways. Hi. It, it is Dan. Hi. My living partner. Hi. Dog dad. That's 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 one of my hats for sure. It's a shirt or like a sweater. Yeah, he's got yeah, a dog dad sweater. It's more than a hat. It's true, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's a sweater. It's a sweatpants that never that never comes off. They, yeah. they wear you know wear that hat to bed. Get up with that hat on, and um, yeah. It's me. Hi. So we thought for our very special Valentine's Day episode that Dan and I would get back together. First of all, we have a brand new dog to introduce who has already been heavily featured on the channels, (laughs) Um, but we haven't had a deep dive on her. If you guys want to learn more about Boss, we did do an entire episode on him, so I'll have that in the show notes. He's definitely still a layered guy. Oh, yeah, he's such an onion. He's Shrek. So we're not gonna not talk about Boss. He's literally anxiously pacing over here. He's like, what's going on, guys? We're gonna try and make him share the stage a little bit because, like, honestly, like, he's had enough time being talked about, and, uh, yeah. It's her time to shine now, our little queen. That's right. Can I just say thank you for having me back on the podcast? Yeah, I I, I was contending it because you did so terrible last time. 
I, I, it feels really nice. This is the first podcast that I've ever been invited to come back and record mm. a second one on. And I think the only other podcast that I've ever recorded a session on, I think I just got omitted from that podcast due to, I think, not being funny enough. I don't know. I'm really chuffed, actually, that you'd ask me. Well, luckily, um, the standards here are quite low. <laughs> I know. You, you don't need to be that funny. You let me build your website, and, like, I'm really bad at that, so, no, like... No, you're not. <laughs> not great. I don't want your future employers to listen to this, and... They probably will, too. Like, you know, I, I push this pretty heavily. All right, well, tell them now, then, what a good web developer you are. I am so excellent. <laughs> Please so promote good. him. <laughs> Hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, like, Rescue Dog Mums, it's not even 2.0. I started working on 2.0 and abandoned 2.0, like, a few months ago. So this is Rescue Dog Mums Forever, is what I'm calling it. The next iteration of the website will be live. Hopefully, around the time you finish editing this podcast, maybe. Well, there's a deadline for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Visit our new site that Dan will have ready. It'll just be like the old site, but I'll know it's better. Yeah, just web dev stuff. I don't understand it. So we're going to talk more about dog stuff now. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Typically, I have our guests talk about our dogs. So let's start with talking about our new addition. Queenie. Queenie. Sure. Tell me a little bit about our girl. I will tell you so many things that you don't already know about this dog. So Queenie is... Well, I think we've just ticked over our three months of adopting her, bringing her into the home. She was previously fostered by Chris and Emily. Shout out to Chris and Emily for doing such an amazing job looking after her and their little friend Poco. But she's now yeah been a part of our household for three months. Adopted her from Fetch and Release, just like Boss. That's right. But she, unlike Boss, she came from um, overseas. Boss. Tennessee boy, but she's from Shanghai. She's a very exotic animal. You were obsessed with like her breed name. What was it? Oh, because it was she was on like when you were showing me, she was on there. It was like Chinese rural dog, and I'm like, yeah. what the heck is that? So Dan was like imagining that literally Queenie was like living on a farm. Yeah, you but know? no, she's a city girl. Like she's yeah. from Shanghai. Like she's a city girl. She is like a tough as nails city girl. Is how I would describe her. And those of you in rescue know we have lots of these like you know generic catch-all terms that just mean this is a dog yeah. that lives in this area. Yeah, like a Meximut or a pot yeah. cake, like. You know, we love those terms. They help bond us together. I guess we just need one for China that's yeah. not Chinese rural dog. Yeah, because um, she's a Chinese urban dog for sure. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say on that term, I'm going to yeah. put it out there, like my favorite term for like a mixed, a mixed sort of like breed dog is a bitza. Bits of this, bits of that. You know, that's just, that's where my heart goes. My favorite little bits is. Yeah, he does use that word quite a bit. Quite a bit. Now your <laughs> listeners can share in the pleasure. Bitsa. Yes, a bitser. So like we just discussed, we did rescue her yep. three months ago. Yep. She has a little bit of an interesting story. Well, I'll talk about it because oh. I definitely didn't sign any NDAs. Yeah, she, he, yeah, I mean, he says she might edit this out, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Yeah, she, um, she bit someone on arrival. To be fair, it seemed like the person that she bit was like, maybe not, you know, maybe putting himself in a position where he could be bit pretty easily with like a very scared dog. Now, I should like this 
Like Queenie, like at this point, is probably like five and a half kilograms. She's a very small dog. You have to, to do pounds. Oh, I have to do pounds? 12 pounds, 13 pounds, something like that. Like, you know, ideal weight is probably more like 16 pounds, but she's definitely an underweight. Just come from China, just like, you know, long, long travel. And he was like a little bit too... Grabby. Grabby to get in the crate. crate. Which I would say, you know, general advice is don't put your hands in crates. Yeah. It's kind of like a big rule that, you know, we encourage most people to follow. And I will tell you from personal experience that there are very good reasons to not put your hands in crates. Because sometimes the dog will tell you quite, you know, without like... Yeah, they'll tell you that they don't like it. And sometimes that Get out of my room. Yeah, get out of my room, Dad. Leave me alone. That's happened to me. And now I know better than to go into his room when he's when he's there at least wait for him to go out then i'll search for contraband like turning down a prison cell yeah so unfortunately when this bite incident happened she was reported to toronto animal services oh she's got a record so yeah she's got a record i guess this is what i like to tell people is that our house welcomes tiny biting tiny bodies yeah 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 we uh have got kevlar skin around we don't we bleed Jesus, not that much. <laughs> but not that much, and for a very good cause. Like, definitely, I feel like it's bleeding for the cause, but yeah, giving blood to the cause is important. What is she like? Talk, let's just chat about her personality. Sure. It is unique and ridiculous and funny. I'm gonna describe her physically, and like, this is an audio medium. Maybe some of you aren't looking at the Yamini's Instagram of the dogs while you're listening to this podcast, but if you're not, what's the what's the current handle? Queenie and Boss? Go and Rescue Dog Mums Pod. And Rescue, oh sorry, and Rescue Dog Mums Pod. Yeah, like Yeah, those are the two. Follow all of these. Is that what you do on Instagram? You follow things, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. By the way, guys, Dan is not on any social media, nah. and uh, I know it's Kind of weird. Thinking about TikTok. Maybe that's <laughs> where I come, come to life. Uh, yeah, so if, if you can't see Queenie, I'll describe her. She's basically a cat. Like, I would describe her as... she's Boss is like the size of a large cat. Queenie would be like the size of a regular cat. She has this beautiful white, predominantly white, and then black, like, sort of spotted fur. And it, it falls out, and, like, her sheds are, like, five centimeters long, and they're everywhere. Like, the house <laughs> is just covered with white. Yeah, she is quite a sheddy girl. And we got kind of spoiled with boss i think also Mm. with boss you know i wanted a pug he looked like a pug and i assumed that with pug would come shedding because pugs are very sheddy but he's actually not at all yeah but she uh makes up for it she definitely does yeah she has she's definitely like forced us to up our vacuuming game or at least think about upping our vacuuming game i want to also say that yes she's predominantly black and white but she definitely has tufts of like brown yeah as well yeah like and then some like Bitzer. blondish. Yeah. yeah. She's Bitzer. a bitzer in that like yep. fur combo as well. In cats, it's called like incomplete dominance of like the alleles. And that's why you get tortoiseshell cats. I wonder oh. if the same thing happens with dogs. Um, I don't really know. Anyway, I'm not a geneticist. Uh, so uh, let's, let's stray away from this. And but, we haven't done any DNA tests yet. We have not. Oh my God. That day when we find out what she is. <laughs> when they spin the wheel and embark headquarters and tell us, <laughs> or throw darts at the board and tell us what our dog is. Like I was saying, she's a cat. Basically, she has a pretty, like, I would say a cat-like temperament. She is very nimble and agile, loves to jump and loves to be up high. She is also incredibly loungy. Her favorite spot is to, like, guff 
up on the bed and like scoot in the middle of Yamini and I and just curl up in a little ball. Coincidentally, that's also Boss's favourite spot. So uh, yeah, there's been a little like cold wall brewing between the two. Sometimes it's a hot wall. Funny that you say that's our favourite spot. I think her favourite spot is in front of our event. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah her favorite spot is like directly in front of the vent we have upstairs neighbors and the vent is very good at transporting sounds from upstairs to downstairs so it's actually probably good that queenie's the one that's hanging out in front of the vent rather than boss because boss will get quite agitated from noises from the vent yeah queenie doesn't really care yeah it's it a big noise a big noise will set her off but if she gets set off boss is there 100 percent with her like they don't conflict if there's something to bark at they're just like those two minds just merge and they're just like yes we will protect this house. She's she's just so sweet. She's just so licky. She loves food. She has the most ridiculous food reactions. She just like up on her back legs, stretching out her front legs in front of her like she's just, she's so tall, trying to get that food. Boss, we trained Boss to sit on a bucket in the kitchen and, and waits, and that's where he gets his treats and that's where he waits for his meal. And she very quickly picked up that if she sat on the bucket, she would also get the same. Very cute. Oh, I don't know. I love her so much. Oh my God, I love her so much. She's got the most ridiculous face. <laughs> this looks kind of like a teddy bear's face but then she's got this little like a again a, like a mouth that's too small for her head i would describe yeah. it as and then she has this ridiculous like her front left bottom tooth like is like i would describe as like an orc tooth like it just like sticks out all the time <laughs> all the time you see this one like underbody off to the side thing like it's like an orc or a gremlin like she's yeah. the yeah, she's a gremlin. Boss is a goblin. <laughs> Queenie's a gremlin. That is the dynamic, we yeah. gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Goblin, gremlin. Just oh. like Boss, she loves balls. Loves balls. Loves, yeah. Loves, loves squeaky toys. Loves ripping them apart to get the squeaker out. Yeah. She, yeah, she... She hates outside right now. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just checking in. Like, today's the nicest day Today it's like, today's like the nicest day of the last two weeks. It's, um, I think it's like Mercury is zero degrees and there's only like six degrees of wind chill. So we went out and went for like, you know, a play in the park today. This is like the nicest day for the last two weeks. Like she hates going outside. She would much rather make little secret poos downstairs in the basement, which is, um, I mean, I can't say I blame her. Yep. Let's just say that she is potty trained. However, she is choosing not to be because she doesn't want to wait outside until she has to go. So if our timing's perfect, it works out. But if it's not, yeah. she'll find a spot. Yeah, and I'll find these poos like two days later. Yeah. yeah, and we definitely know, or I think we're pretty confident that once it gets warmer, she'll be happy to go on longer walks and yeah. we can make sure poops are being done. But right now, yeah. she's too cold to poop outside most of the time. It is very, very cold. She is a very small dog and she has I like I looked into this like Shanghai basically doesn't get snow right yeah, like it yeah, just, yeah. it's like I guess it's like similar sort of climate to Melbourne uh as yeah. far as like winters go so yeah like this has been a lot for her I think this winter <laughs> yeah we're all waiting for spring it's okay yeah. we get it let's talk about Queenie and Boss together 
we definitely are have a lot on on this topic. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Three months. I mean, we've just passed three months, and it's starting to feel like they're working out their dynamic, which means it might take another three months before it actually settles. But this is now like I think Boss has come to terms with the fact that she's not leaving. Like we've fostered plenty of dogs in the time we've had Boss. I think that our longest experience is like seven or eight weeks. So we're now like at least 50% longer than that. I think he knows that this is it, that she is here forever. He's adjusting. He's adjusting. He's definitely adjusting. It's taken some time though. When we did the meet and greet, like we thought they had a really promising dynamic in that they just sort of sniffed each other a little bit and then ignored each other and just went walking together. And like, that was like, okay, yeah, this is good because one thing we found when we had other fosses in the house, depending on the dog, boss would get super wired some for some dogs. Like he would just be like, I just want to play all the time, nonstop. When we fostered Jello, that was, oh my God, that, that was just a mess. And Gregorio, when we, we didn't foster Gregorio, but we sat for him and- He was just in constant engage play mode with jello it would always escalate and we had to separate them and literally in order to keep them off each other like if we wanted to work we'd have to create them yeah. <laughs> this is definitely a lot more chill in that regard they definitely like mostly coexist um they had started playing at the beginning of the relationship but as boss has gone through fosters i think uh, he was a little less playful and a little bit more guardy so that's subsided obviously we're also working with each other and their trainer to maintain you know all the right protocol to help them coexist and not feel like they're in each other's space and in each other's stuff but it, they haven't really been playing which is unusual for boss yeah but they chill together pretty nicely once we get like once we take control of the environment like we take away the things that can be guarded and then like assign bedding or they work out their bedding sort of you know who's on what bed then they're really honestly quite good like she i think is quite a chill relaxed dog and boss does respect her and will like take guidance from her as far as being like chill and relaxed yeah i think for a lot of people like you know especially if you're a someone who's considering fostering if you have a calm balanced dog like your life as a foster will be a lot easier because your dogs will give a lot of cues that help the foster relax. For us, we've kind of had the opposite, where we have a dog who is quite excited, is sometimes overstimulated. He's got like a border collie's personality in a chihuahua's body, basically. Yeah, so we need to keep him busy at all times, and that has meant that, you know, the typical fosters we've gotten, they've been similar to him. Uh, Queenie's quite different, like Dan said, she's quite relaxed. Once she decompressed, she was very happy to just just lie around yeah. and just hang out. She loves to cuddle. She's very affectionate with us. She also is quite playful with us and she is starting to try to initiate play with Boss. So we're hoping that eventually they'll be able to kind of do both, but yeah. it's okay if they don't. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's gonna be a process. It's gonna be a process and we don't know what it's gonna look like at the end, but, def but it does feel like things are progressing in kind of a nice way. Three month check-in, yeah, I think they're doing okay. Uh, and right now, I can't see what they're doing right now. We are sitting in our kitchen recording this. They are separated from us by a curtain. 
but I know that they're both just hanging in the next room. I can't hear any sounds, and I'm certain if I went back in there, I'd see Queenie, like, passed out in front of the vent, <laughs> and Boss probably within two, three foot of her on the bed, maybe chewing on an illicitly stolen cushion, perhaps. He's probably okay. I think he does that when we're around. I don't want to look. I don't want to look. I think <laughs> I'm just going to, like, I, I like my mental image of where they're at right now, and I'm not going to go ruin it. <laughs> by looking. I mean, if we look in there and it turns out to be disaster, I guess yeah. we'll update you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Very silent disaster, which is yeah. nice. Um, you guys might not know this, but Dan and I have quite different upbringings when it comes to dogs. In a nutshell, I have always loved dogs. I think dogs have been like my birthday wish since I was like six years old. My dad grew up with a dog and then didn't want to get me a dog because he was like, I'm going to end up taking care of it. He was probably right. Um, <laughs> it's probably even probably I'll back that up he probably was right <laughs> I definitely have always kind of been like when is the right time for me to get a dog Dan and I when we st- and I mean I think when you live in Toronto and it's expensive and you have to live with roommates for most of your life due to your income that definitely is not the right situation for someone like me to get a dog I always wanted to wait till I had my own place when Dan and I moved in together in order to kind of like test the waters and also make some extra money we were rover sitters for about a year it was honestly super fun we were I think very invested in that little side hustle yeah it was a very good side hustle like getting paid to chill out with someone's dog for a week was like a nice feeling yeah yeah No, it was really good. And it definitely prepared us a lot. And then when the pandemic happened is when, you know, we kind of were like, well, this isn't coming in anymore. We missed having dogs in the house because it just wasn't happening. So we signed up to foster um, and then found Boss. So that's kind of how it developed that way. We signed up to foster, but then adopted the first dog that came our way just going yep that's it let's do it <laughs> yep that's... i think we had a week cooling off period we were technically a foster to adopt so we were like we, we weren't a... actually technically fostered adopt we just were fosters intending to adopt before we'd even got yep. the dog <laughs> yeah 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 and uh and that's it and now we have this demon in our house all that's to say is dan's upbringing was Quite different. So, Dan, why don't you take it away? Yeah. Chat about your dogs. My family has dogs from when I was born, actually. When I was born, my parents, Mick and Kaz, their dog at the time was Vicky. And I think that was my dad's personal first dog. I don't know. Vicky might have been my mum's dog, actually. I don't know. I don't remember Vicky. Vicky was... Vicky's a dog that I have seen photos of, photos with me, but, like, she passed away when I was quite young. I think before I was three. I remember Smithy. Vicky's uh, pups. And Smithy was the dog that I remember growing up with through my childhood yeah she was like a small dog she was as my dad described it she's a mixture of silky terrier and whatever jumped the fence to get to the silky terrier she was lovely she was just a very quiet gentle dog uh i remember her being a very patient dog you would need to be a patient dog when there were three children in the house i grew up in a town called geelong and we had like we lived on like the in like the outer suburbs of this sorry Geelong is a city the city of greater Geelong I apologize Geelong I shouldn't call you a town so we had a yard like a big yard at both of the places I grew up at and our dogs were always yard dogs the dogs 
had kennels, they lived out in the yard. This is Australia, so it's like you can have a dog kennel, like in a kennel throughout the year, and like the coldest it gets to is like, you know, maybe like overnights of like five degrees. So, and we're allowed in the house if they were invited in. Our second dog, Fred. Fred had this adorable habit of sneaking into the house and then you'd come into the, you'd come around the, um, the corner and there'd be Fred and he would just be looking at you. I should talk about Smithy because okay. Smithy died and I was there, not like at the moment, but I was there when my dad dug a hole in the back garden and all the kids were there when we put Smithy in the hole and we all put flowers in there with her and that was my first like encounter with loss I would say like my first time dealing with you know losing something that was you know a living creature that was part of the family and then wasn't there anymore at least the first one that meant anything. I think my sister lost a goldfish, but that was, you know, pretty much pale to Smithy. Like Smithy passing away was like, it's one of these like strong memories from my childhood that I remember, like being in the backyard, seeing my dad digging the hole, seeing him put her in there. He was crying a lot. Was um, that new for you or like yeah, unusual? Yeah, that was like, that was like this, this vulnerability from my father that I don't think I saw a lot I really didn't see a lot but I definitely saw it when when this dog passed away when Smithy passed away yeah it was pretty it was really quite sad um so yeah Fred Fred came from the shelter um so like I said Smithy jumped the Smithy was like a pup that from the jump the fence the next two dogs came from the shelter Coco lasted two days Coco was just not okay for a house with kids. Coco didn't even get a full three-day decompression period. I'm sorry for you, Coco, but no, I wasn't in charge of making the decisions there. I was just a kid that was very scared as this shepherd mix ran crazily around in their backyard uh, and then, you know, sort of nipped and herded us whenever we came out. I mean, it's just standard shepherd behavior. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, but as like a seven-year-old child, yeah. it was pretty terrifying. Coco went back to um, the uh, animal services in Geelong and Fred came back instead. And Fred was just, just a beautiful, like just like a houndish looking dog and just had the sweetest, sweetest temperament. Fred was just like, just a, just a sweet doggo. Poor guy had allergies to something and his hair kept falling out and Aww. he had like eczema, he was always scratching. But he was still just a lovable, lovable dog. And Fred was part of our family for like I think we must have adopted him when he was like five years old and he definitely like he must have stuck around for like a good like you know till he was 12 13 or so Stumpy Stumpy was really sad Stumpy was a Jack Russell who who we got as a pup and like raised as from a pup I remember my dad building like like taking a cupboard and building like like cutting holes in the shelves and building like a little puppy run or like this tiny little puppy really really cute thing this is a point of by Stumpy tragically 
didn't see out more than a couple of years with the family. He was um, fortunately struck by a vehicle that my dad was driving, which um, was, yeah, yeah, let's make this episode all about times I've seen my dad cry. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, (laughs) Michael Robertson, if you're listening to this, I'm I'm sorry, but thank you for showing that vulnerability. It's, 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 I understand. It's like, this is rescue dog mom's therapy. This is rescue dog mom's (laughs) therapy. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Stumpy the Jack Russell. Then we had, then we, we were just on like a Jack Russell tear after that. And then Carla, AKA Riddy, Riddy because you know like a kitty cat she was a Riddy rat is like what my dad used to describe her as also known as dirt dog probably a number of Carla was my favorite dog for sure she's the one I remember the most like I remember her coming back from Frida my sister actually went with my dad to pick her out really coveted I think I was envious of her for years to you know that she got to go out to the farm where all the little Jack Russell pups were and she yeah. got to see all the little pups crawling over each other and she got to pick out the one that came home but uh, hey apparently she picked really well yeah what? yeah I think she did I think she did yeah <laughs> you said Carla was your favorite Carla was my favorite yeah yeah I don't think I would have picked a better dog later in her life I'd, I'd left home finally I'd finally left the nest but when I came back like she was always like stoked to see me and she would come out and say hi and she wouldn't do that for everybody Diesel was the last dog my parents had I bought a collie my dad didn't feed the dogs kibble um that was what did he do he would get uh he would get chicken from the chicken so like the nearby chicken place like yeah he would feed them like I don't think he really I don't know if he massively knew what he was doing I seem to remember him like cooking like chicken for the dogs in the pressure cooker and but then feeding them that, that with the bone and I think that that's probably yeah. maybe a no-no I don't Definitely know a no-no. That. Yeah. <laughs> okay yeah you I know. grew up thinking that my dad knew everything about dogs because I was a kid and I thought my dad knew everything about everything and a lot of my dog ownership journey has been trying to unlearn the lessons that I have learned from my father. And again, Michael Robertson, if you're listening to this, like, I'm, it's okay, you can turn it off. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, let's get into that topic because I think it's really interesting. Again, I came into this, especially the rescue journey with pretty limited experience, definitely more focusing on, you know, people's dogs, sits, but I never, you know, actually went through training, went through all of that. Like when you do Rover, you don't, you usually like have a dog who's in a pretty good position. Yeah. They're ready to go. And I, and Boss was definitely the first dog that we did all that with. For you, it was definitely different um, because you had a lot of preconceived notions about how your family had traditionally raised dogs. How did the two compare? Like what are the pieces that you had to unlearn? I think like there was definitely more like aversion thought to like, correct bad behaviors like you know make this behavior ad- ad- adversive yeah which are uh, hard lessons to unlearn like this idea that if the dog has done something wrong you need to like communicate to them in a way that they don't like that they've done something wrong that was like a verbal correction but like a strong verbal correction i don't know my dad always told me like you know if a dog goes to bite you grab it's like you grab it by the bottom of its jaw and you squeeze it so it knows that like this is a bad thing to do there was also like a lot of like positive reinforcement like the like what we would describe as like classical conditioning which is you know pairing the like behavior with 
like a reward but there was definitely like a weird mix of like the the classical conditioning but then there, there was definitely like a mixture of like aversives in there and then i think like you know also like this idea of like this dominance hierarchy yeah the caesar milan type like the caesar milan type stuff i don't know i think that's what my dad thought was the right way to do stuff yeah and i think like culturally that was definitely kind of the way we talked about dogs and wolves was that like alpha beta mentality that's very theoretical but then it did bleed into some of like the practicalities of like how we how we raised our dogs i feel like this episode has taken this like interesting dislike (laughs) you know therapy of dogs vibe of like let's talk about how our current idea of dogs has been influenced by past notions that you're trying to deflect yeah so the next section because this is a valentine's day episode is about us yes as a couple yes who own dogs yes. together yes my fellow podcasters at foster university get to do a wonderful dating episode where yeah. they just get to tell funny stories and then you know us two old fogies over here at rescue dog moms yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just get to talk about long-term relationship yeah adversities and fun but sometimes also carrying that fun trauma (laughs) trauma trauma i mean that sounds so bad Um, i was gonna say like you're gonna have to do so much editing to make this podcast listenable too i think i feel like we've rambled all over the place or maybe that's just me definitely something that we've been dealing with so we have been dating it'll be six years in about a month crazy i'm surprised that you put up with me for so long me too um, <laughs> Yavini has a weakness for cute things, and I'm very lucky that she finds me cute. Yeah, I mean, I could tolerate boss, so I guess you're in that <laughs> wheelhouse. I'm cute, but annoying as fuck. <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> and loud. Yeah, yeah, both of you are loud. Yeah, yeah. Um, we like to say, by the way, that Boss and Dan are like the same person. Boss is a manifestation, like a physical manifestation yeah. of my personality. And you know, like they always say, like, you know, owners start to look like their dogs. Like, yeah, but do the dogs start to act like their owners? Yeah, Probably. Boss is 100% inherited, like, your entire personality. It's like so strange. I know, it's terrifying. He's like hyper or moody, which is kind of you. Yeah, yeah, two, two modes. <laughs> It's no middle gears. It's definitely been challenging because he's he's not my dog and he's not your dog. He's our dog. That, I think, is quite a challenging notion because it puts a space, like another space, where we need to share decision-making. We both have opinions and sometimes, like, as we've talked about, like, you know, I guess one of the things that I've had to deal with is, like, I have this idea that I have all this knowledge about dogs based on my fact that I have had dogs. But also, like, when I sit down and consider it, like, the stuff that I learned during that experience is not good, not necessarily all good dog stuff anymore like as you get older you realize in so many ways that your parents were just winging it because you know <laughs> you're, you're their age now and you go oh, i'm completely winging it i guess my parents were as well right yeah and also we have the ability to wing it with a ton more information yeah we get to you know first of all be part of fetch and release um and other rescues that we've worked with like straight to play second chance sanctuary you know yeah. groups that all have their own philosophies their 
their own programs that give us different support and we've learned through that we've learned through we've learned a lot through the dogs we've had yes like, we have the dogs we've had are not like your family dogs at all we always talk about this on the pod but you know having a rescue is i mean a whole different experience in itself it's just very different i think too this is something we discussed is obviously i'm now that i'm in this world i breathe and like talk dogs all freaking day yeah so i'm no longer i think when we did rover the dynamic was that dan was in charge of like helping with the hard stuff and i was learning yeah and then as i started volunteering with rescues that dynamic changed yeah and suddenly i started growing my knowledge space through all of the activities i was doing being a foster coordinator working with rescues consuming so much content yamini has immersed herself in this like this ecosystem and has just picked up and developed like so much good knowledge that yeah that it, it is like one of the hardest things for me has been just like realizing that i can be like i can shut up and listen to be... her wrong i can be wrong i can be wrong (laughs) i have an issue with this too by the way guys this is not just dan we both are our personalities overall yeah are we're both quite stubborn yeah we're both very into being right yeah 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 yeah. Um, it's true it's true we We are are both i I think i we're both convinced we are the smartest person in this relationship correct and that's never changed no it never will change yeah i still definitely think i'm way smarter than yeah but i know that i'm way smarter than you (laughs) So that doesn't help. <laughs> if we were talking about Caesar Milan, we got two alpha dogs in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, two alphas. We like, have to battle it out. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. A lot of like dog stuff, when it happens, it feels very immediate. And uh, like, you know, it feels like he's barking. I need to do something about that barking right now. That is also another completely different conversation because honestly, like sometimes it's just the best thing when your dog is doing something that you don't like is just to do nothing boss is like me he loves an audience he wants like he wants people to pay attention to him and like that's yeah that is so accurate <laughs> like dan and boss would just do karaoke together and like just kill it yeah, yeah we really oh my god that could be a thing that could be a thing uh i'll get him to, we'll work on who who let the dogs out together maybe. oh my god yeah. dog stuff ends up giving you many many more moments in the day where it feels like something is happening we need a plan of action but we need to collectively decide on what this action will be and it has to happen right now it feels very very immediate and then you know if we have different opinions we need to sort out like at that moment in time or it feels like we need to sort out at that moment in time who was right those moments are stressful those moments can be like really stressful i think it's definitely been part of our journey as like dog owners and like partners trying to like like navigate our way through that it can't just always be that i'm wrong and it can't just always be that i'm right like you know this it's it's a, it's a complex situation and it's yeah it's definitely been probably one of the biggest challenges of having a dog is like from my perspective is like sharing the responsibility of being dog parents i do sometimes think about i don't think it would be less challenging as a single 
dog part of dog because then the decision making is all on you and the the responsibility is all on you as well right like you're doing everything and you know if you have a dog with separation anxiety oh my goodness as a single person with a dog with separation anxiety like I, i find it it's hard enough to manage like with our pups and they've got mild step anxiety and there's two of us so we can at least like leave the house one at a time but yeah, yeah it's definitely challenging although at the same time it allows us to like not work on that so much because always <laughs> just, one of us can stay home <laughs> yeah i think it's definitely when two of us want to go do something together like a date mm-hmm. night it's definitely that's we went, the challenge we challenge. went to the fish shop around the corner the other day like uh the two of us by ourselves it was such a treat <laughs> yeah we were out for like 25 minutes and it was just yeah yeah leave your dogs alone guys that's important (laughs) a big weakness i think it's completely understandable that you want to cuddle with your dogs especially if you have two little ones especially if you have two little dogs i mean like just for context like yamini and i share a double bed we don't ever have a queen bed and then two little dogs queenie's favorite spot is directly between us at about head level boss's favorite spot is directly between us at like i guess like waist level but gets to tuck in next to my legs so i'll be sort of like diagonally curved a little bit on the bed to facilitate boss hanging out like pressed up against the backs of my knees in one (laughs) corner of the bed and then like i'll look to the left and i'll see queenie like curled up in her little ball shape and then like Yamini on the other side. And like it's yeah. a very cozy arrangement in a double bed and we definitely stay very warm. I will say though that we are trying not to allow a pointing near the head anymore. Yeah. It's not. That's not the best. That's not quite <laughs> the best, yeah. She sees the best bit of bedding and she's like, yeah, I'm going to sleep there. And I can't say I blame her. Like, there's a lot of real estate there for sure. We are getting better at asserting boundaries with these hounds around the bed. I mean, as you guys can imagine, both dogs want to be in between us. So, and if they sleep with us every night, definitely. Then there uh... is only sleeping going on in that bed. <laughs> yes. They're really not. The only else. function is sleeping yeah. and um, honestly, mostly monitoring the dogs and yeah. making sure they don't get angry at each other. Yeah, yeah. Which and is like, also not great. That is an important function of the bed, but we also want to like leave it open to be able to have some more fun times in there. So <laughs> we have been working and actually making pretty good progress right now on having these dogs sleep outside the bed uh welcome to the special sexy episode yeah. rescue dog mode. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely it's been an adjustment i just want to mention as well that you know we have talked a little bit about training and like little things like that um we just to note have been working with our trainer on a lot of these adjustments hi andrea i hope you're listening <laughs> especially as you know we've been adding Queenie to our family so as always I always like to say this you know we're not trainers so oh god no (laughs) Dan is not a trainer (laughs) oh no a hundred percent no I have like I uh, I struggle I struggle for sure I'm I'm happy that Yamini keeps all this information in her head honestly like sometimes he's happy sometimes uh, yeah sometimes I'm happy not when it contradicts what you said (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, uh. So definitely consult with your trainer. Get a yeah. trainer. I mean, just just yeah. do it. Get don't a trainer. just rely on YouTube, friends. Oh lord, no. Yeah, or especially don't... now that they took the dislikes away. Like, how will you know if the information is good? <laughs> and don't uh, listen to Dan. <laughs> That's Yamini's advice. Yeah. And Dan will say, don't listen to Yamini. No, I probably won't, actually. I will probably, I will advise you that listening to Yamini is probably a good idea. And like, preaching the converted, like everybody that's listening to this is already listening that's to Yamini. That's true. Like Thank you, things. guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, <laughs> listeners out there. So, this podcast is all about love and Valentine's Day. There is this little quote on the internet that goes that, you know, in today's millennial and Gen Z vibe. Dogs are kids. Pets are the new children. Plants are the new pets. Yep. And if I'm not mistaken, candles, candles are the new plants. <laughs> so, you know, to end off this section before we get into our little honeymoon speed round, what did being a dog parent do to make you who you are today? Boss is forcing me to get my shit together as, sorry, can I swear? Yes. I think, fuck. Uh, <laughs> boss is forcing me to get my mental health shit together. Um, and again, like, let's, let's touch on the, the therapeutic nature of dogs. I would say that Boss is not a therapy dog. Not a chance. Boss needs his own special therapy dog, I'm pretty certain. <laughs> you know, like, pets are wonderful for mental health, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. I would say if your mental health is in a situation where you're lacking executive function and you're struggling to do daily tasks, having a dog in your life will not help with it's, that. Yeah, it is not going to make that easier. It is in fact going to add a bunch of extra variables in front of you that you are going to have to deal with. Yeah. Forging this relationship with this dog and seeing, you know, so much of my own personality reflected back to me, which is kind of <laughs> hilarious has really like forced me to yeah work on my mental health and like you know work on some of the like you know boss is reactive but i'm also quite react and we get in these like you know if he gets upset and i get upset we get in this like positive feedback loop and i mean positive feedback in the biological sense which is where like it just keeps building and building and building. He'll be anxious and then I'll get more anxious and he'll get more anxious and I'll get more anxious. And so, yeah, my dog has like, our dog, our <laughs> dog has driven me to a lot more therapy, wow. a lot more meditation. Yes. I Doing therapy was already a thing that, you know, was happening, but like, I feel like a lot of my therapy sessions get talked about, like how I relate to my dog and then how I relate to my dog is not at all dissimilar to how my parents related to me as a child. And who knew that you learn all these lessons from your parents that you don't even know you've learned until you start acting them out 20 years later. Maybe a lot of you knew that, but um, definitely like I have a very visceral understanding of it now. My relationship with Boss has is definitely like informed by the relationships that I had growing up and unpacking that in therapy has been really fun. How has Boss changed you as like a romantic partner? I mean, you've been in like tons of other relationships before me. This is the first one we've both embarked on together where we've taken on, I guess you had a cat before, but this is... This is the greatest commitment that I've ever made to a partner in my life. Yeah. Yeah. 
this is this is by far not just one but two millennial children <laughs> that yeah. we've given each other. Yeah. Like this is the deepest commitment that I have made to another person. Kind of scary to think about sometimes, but also like we're doing okay at it. We're doing okay. We don't it's not a disaster every day. In fact, some days are pretty fun. A lot of days are pretty fun. It's a constant reminder that things are always going to be challenging and complicated. Things are never going to be like, I don't think things are ever going to be like super easy with boss. And, but that's the reality of it. And like my expectations are typically the thing that causes the most suffering. Like this is one of the things that having dogs has taught me. Like it is a whole lot easier for you to like lower your expectations or change your expectations than it is to like make your dog fit those expectations. Especially when you realize how unreasonable your expectations were. And like ultimately like there's a living, living creature who just wants to be loved and safe. And that's the same as like, you know, same as my relationship with Yamini Cohen, the person. My relationships with boss and my relationships with Yamini are like not terribly dissimilar in that you know I'm part of both of them and like I you know those those same like the same personality traits that might cause me to respond to my dog as the same personality traits that might cause me to be respond to Yamini sometimes I don't know I feel like I'm being too vulnerable here I'm Why? not sure am I I don't know the parts of myself that I don't like manifest in both relationships and so it gives me really good practice to work on addressing those parts and getting the better parts to come out. Boss is teaching me to like reach for compassion first in my toolkit. Like, well, thank you for your vulnerability, and I promise that no one will judge you too harshly. And yeah. it's a safe space. That's what we like to call our podcast crew. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to yeah. what you're saying, especially you. those of us who have some more challenging dogs. With that said, if uh, you are a couple thinking about getting a dog together, work on your foundation, get your dynamics right, like if you guys have a chore wheel, maybe add some dog stuff to it. Yeah. If you guys are engaging with a trainer, make sure you're both committed. Yeah. to what you're working on with them and take it easy on each other like you're gonna make mistakes yeah so many <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and that's okay sometimes the internet makes you feel like everyone else is doing it right and you can't do it but we're all in it together yeah um and it can be a struggle sometimes but it's so worth it like oh, it's, yeah. it's it's hard it's hard times it's quite hard like you know i've literally bled for this cause um <laughs> as of you i know um yeah i wouldn't go back and change it not a chance no boss is our baby and then yeah. now we have queenie who brings some additional light to our life yeah yeah it's a lot of joy a lot of like definitely like more joy than suffering a hundred percent speaking of back to queenie did you want to join me on this uh, speed, speed round? round? I want to do all the speed round. All right. I don't want you to. I just want you to ask the question. Can you do the... It's time for the speed round! <laughs> do you want to do that again? Should I no, do I'm another? pretty sure that was a good take. <laughs> um, I'm always ready to go. All right. So we're, we already did Boss in the last bonus episode we did together. So visit that if you're curious about him. Today we're going to focus on Queenie. 
Shy or outgoing? She's outgoing, for sure. When a new person comes into the house, she will bark at them pretty, like, quite a bit. But then she'll come over for pats. Like, she's, yeah, I think that she is an outgoing girl. I would not describe her as shy. She seems very interested to meet new people and new dogs as well. So you know what's funny? You say shy. I say shy because she is barking, in my opinion, out of, like, a little bit of fear. I think she's shy but very brave. So she overcomes it. But what's also funny is that last time we did this with Boss, you said Boss was shy and I said Boss was outgoing and I was so confused. And you were like, he can be a little timid. I was like, what? No, he doesn't. No, I think that she barks because she's excited. Ah, interesting. Not because she's scared, but because she's excited. Because she's quite brave. She is quite brave. Definitely true. Games or treat? Treat. Like, she is the most food-excited dog I've ever seen. It's <laughs> Especially her favorite foods. Yeah, yeah. We have these, like, little dehydrated smelts right now, and she just fucking gaga for them. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Stinky fish. Stinky. She loves She loves, stinky like, stinky fish. things because um, her fosters, Emily and Chris, told us that she loves hard-boiled eggs. Yeah. <laughs> and when we make eggs, she definitely <laughs> she... is like, hello. Yeah, yeah. Collar, harness, or other. Neither. She hates everything. <laughs> she hates she... leashes. Oh, my God. She actually does. We have to chase her around the house to put oh, any of her stuff up. tell people that. Why? It's not perfect. Yeah, no. It's, it, it, it's, it, I, um, I scoop her up into my arm, and she's, super, she's generally pretty happy to get up and then I like hold her in my arm and I whisper little lullabies to her while I put her harness <laughs> and her jacket on her. Oh my god, and her jacket her, is too yeah. much. She and gets so I, upset. I put her on the ground and she just stands there. Yeah. She's just like, she will just freeze up for like, when she gets her collar, her harness and jacket on, she will then just like freeze up for like 30 seconds before she finally like shakes it off and is able to move again. She does have a Martindale collar on but it is quite a small loop so yeah, yeah, it's, it's not the I mean it's yeah. safe but yeah, it's, it's definitely safe, not but the it feels most. weird putting those big chunky like leash yeah. clips on it like yeah, this yeah it's really little, small yeah. so it's a little weird that way yeah dog bed or human bed the vent <laughs> <laughs> I would say it goes the vent human bed dog bed would be her I actually think she's starting to like the dog bed a lot sometimes yeah. I try to invite her on the bed with me and she says no okay you heard it here Friends, this is Yamini's. This is yeah. Glad we didn't do the honeymooners. Oh my god! Um, Squeakers, balls or sticks? Balls, squeakers, stick. I actually don't really. I've never really seen her with sticks, but I think balls are above squeakers. Squeakers are pretty. That's hard though, because we had the squeaky balls. She demolished the squeaky balls. Yeah, squeaky balls are kind of top tier. Yeah, for Um, every dog. Yeah, for most dogs. Bull or dogs? Probably dogs. I don't know. I don't have we a big given her, size. Yeah, we haven't yeah. given her a ton of playtime with dogs due again to the weather. And the decompression as well. We wouldn't expect to do that in the first three months anyway because yeah. she needs to, like, you know, wear her people first. These yeah. other random dogs. Ignore yeah. them. Yeah. But she is starting to whine towards them. Yeah. I think because Boss probably isn't satisfying her social needs. She's <laughs> <laughs> uh, used to disappointing people. Summer or winter? <laughs> Let's hope summer because winter is I really sad. hope summer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Walks or cuddles? Cuddles. <laughs> yeah, she hates walking so much right now. <laughs> oh, it's a mess. Yeah. Early walks or sleep in? Yeah, another sleep in dog. Yeah. Thank God. Um, yeah, she does not pester us. Like, neither of our dogs pester us to to move until we are ready to move. Guard dog or greeter? Guard dog. We got a second guard dog, guys. Yeah, yeah. another guard dog. 
she's at least more chill about noises around like outside the house but if someone walks into the house yeah yeah actually i would say the boss like once someone gets into the house boss transforms transforms from a guard dog to a greeter where she stays very much guard dog yeah it's true big dogs are little dogs Again, we don't have much sample size. We but think probably little dogs. Yeah. Are. So far, the big dog she's been introduced to, she's a little nervous around. It was just Pablo, wasn't it? Pablo was fine, but also Changuita. Oh, Changuita was just a mess. <laughs> oh, my God. She was, like, all over the shop. Her fosters, her fosters are, are doing a great job yeah, with yeah. treating her. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, when she came, it was hard. That was, that was hard. Like, that was, like, a four-hour sit, and she was just a big ball of excitement. Yeah. yeah, very sweet girl. Though. Yeah, very sweet girl. Um, what would you describe her play style like? She'll play some tug, but she seems most interested to take the toy and then head off with it. And it, this is her thing to play with now. She is very excited when you throw a ball for her, but then she will take the ball and she'll head off to her bed and she'll chew on the ball. Yeah. yeah. She seems to be like quite an independent player. Yeah, and the one few times that we took her to a dog park with dogs, it was kind of similar. Like... She would chase the dogs around, but, like, watch other dogs engage in play more than, like, participate in it, which was pretty cute. That was also very cold at that point in time, too. But she was okay with that cold because everyone was playing. Okay. If Queenie was human, what voice would she have? Danny DeVito. What the fuck? Danny DeVito. No, she wouldn't. Yeah, Danny DeVito. That's the worst answer I've ever heard. Danny DeVito. Okay, guys, you heard it here first. Danny DeVito. Pretty sure you said that last time about Boz. No, he's Ryan Gosling. No, he's, he's um, Bradley Cooper. Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I can't tell those two apart. I'm kidding. Obviously, I can tell them apart. You're not kidding about Danny DeVito, though, still? Danny DeVito. Oh, my God. I don't know. You tell me who she sounds like. Like a Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. If your dog were to rock a drink... During this podcast, what would it be? Eggnog. <laughs> oh my god. Eggnog. Just because she loves eggs. <laughs> Tall glass of broth. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, she would love that. Some goat's milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tricks. How does she do? Compared to Boss, definitely a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. But Boss is very good at tricks. Boss is very good at tricks. She is, uh, yeah, she's good at sit. She's not... Learning down. She's learning down. She did good yesterday when I had a little training session with her with the smelts. Yeah. We're still working on recall. Um, So I guess stares. She's a starer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Squirrel chaser or scent follower. Freaking squirrel. squirrels, man. <laughs> She's just like, I don't want to be outside. I don't want to be outside. I don't want to be outside. Oh my God, let's go there. Oh my God, let's go after this guy. Yeah. Outfits or naked? No, she wants to be naked all she the time. She hates being put things, yeah. put things, bleh, yeah. she hates having things put on her. Yeah, she does. Yeah. But she's so cute. Like, I really need to convince her to change her mind. Squat or lift? She's a, <laughs> she's a planker. Another planker. Kind of. Yeah. It's like a plank with a raised leg. Yeah. Yeah. Plank she does with... this like, kind of like squat plank sometimes, and a lift. Sometimes, honestly, I gotta say, sometimes it looks like when she's doing her business, it looks like she's balancing only on her front two feet. Like she, <laughs> like it looks like both of her back paws are up off the ground. I need like a high speed camera to like check this out. But like, 
Yeah. But I do feel like she gets this weird, like, yoga <laughs> squat going where she's, like, where she's just, like, on her front paws while she does her business. Also, she marks, like, yeah. on other dogs' pee. Yeah, yeah. She like, Her favorite thing to do is wait for Boss to pee and then just go and pee yeah. on top of it. But also, like, if we're on a walk, she will hold her pee and pee at several points versus yeah. Boss. Yeah, whereas Boss is one and done. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I gotta empty the tank, empty my weenus, and then it's done. Yeah, and Queenie's like, I need to tell everyone I'm here. Yeah. It's like social media, right? Yeah, she's constantly putting status updates out, whereas Boss is just like, uh, twice a day. Opens it, looks through the news feed, gets upset, turns it off. Mama's kid or daddy's kid? Probably mama's. I think she like is more slightly. attached to you. Yeah, but yeah. it's just a little bit. Yeah, little it's definitely bit. not as extreme as Boss, who's yeah. very obvious. Yeah, she loves us both. A lot and love spending time with us both but she i guess like bonded to me first yeah yeah and that's i yeah. was a little bit you know i'm the i'm the man i'm a little bit scarier for a little dog she was always pretty okay with you yeah. though yeah it was more just like you know like when she first arrived and she was decompressing she just hung out in her crate and was like pretty nervous and sometimes would come out with us in the yard um and the first time she came out of her crate to explore was when you were out of the house so i do think yeah she had a little nervousness around you yeah, so I'd say mama's, mama's, mama's girl. Do you have a favorite child? No, I don't actually. No, I love them both. I would say I've had more time to build my love with boss, but also, you know, more trauma, shared trauma to, you know, <laughs> complicate that. Um, Nothing like a bond through trauma. Yeah, yeah, whereas Queenie, you know, she's fresh, new. Yeah. She's very cute. Hasn't bitten me. <laughs> She's tried like once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was scratching at her bed, and she really didn't like it. Yeah. She was like with her little mouth. <laughs> um. Okay. What is the quirkiest thing Queenie does? I think I've talked about this, but just like the food stretch that she does, like I, I guess like when you are holding food for her, like go and look at like, do you know what a long cat is? Do you know what long cat is? Long cat is when like. You hold your cat by like underneath their their for lack of a better word their shoulders like under their forearms so they're like so that they're like dangling down like she does that long cat pose when she wants when she thinks she's gonna get food like she lays like up on her back legs front limbs like fully like stretched up towards the sky and she will just like stand like bouncing on her back feet for like. Oh, indefinitely. That is hilarious, quirky, and probably one of my favorite things that she does. It's pretty cute. Yeah. I'm trying to think. You, yeah, you got a top up for this one? Uh, she does a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, she's a pretty weird dog, like in the cutest way. She's definitely a quirky one. I'm trying to think. The way she launches herself down the stairs is pretty hilarious. Oh, it is yeah. pretty funny. When I'm on the computer, she sometimes jumps up on the bed, if, especially if I'm working on the bed. Um, she'll jump up. And put her paws on my phone or on my computer until I pay attention to her. Yeah, the little paw swat. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Yeah, if she wants cute. you to pay attention to her, she'll just like pour at you. <laughs> yeah, that's another cat-like thing. I feel like jumping on computers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the end of the speed round, and uh, I mean, the next question is, where can people find you? They can't. <laughs> Add Daniel Robertson on LinkedIn. Yeah. If you need any web developer. Yeah, if you need, if you need any web dev, reach out. Dan under 
www.github.io working on Yamini's Rescue Dog Mums 2 site. So if you need any web dev done, feel free to reach out. I know more about that stuff than Yamini does, but she's a better person to talk to about dog stuff, I would say. We'll see if he uh, agrees with that next time we talk about boss. There you go, guys. You heard it here. If you guys need a website, yeah, he's the guy. Yeah, maybe. The dog check guy. Let's chat. Let's chat gently. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dan, for joining me on the pod. Thank you for having me. I think this is wonderful. I love your podcast, and I am really happy that you invited me to come back. No problem. And uh, we'll uh, sit right here and uh, keep enjoying our day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Rescue Dog Moms is a project by Yamini, inspired by her rescue dog boss, who you can find on Instagram at badboyboss. To keep up with the Rescue Dog Moms podcast, you can follow us at rescuedogmoms.ca or on Instagram at rescuedogmomspod. See you soon.